Hello, everyone. Welcome to our world. Today, we have a special guest. We have Lisa Goodpaster. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Great. Uh, awesome. So uh, could you briefly describe yourself to our audience here? How would you say, what would you say about yourself here? Uh, well, uh, I guess I would say I would, sometimes people call me America's favorite stepdaughter. Okay. That's because I grew up super, uh, what happened to me as a child, basically. So I um, am here as an advocate and a author and a person that just really genuinely cares about and knows what it's like to grow up as a child from divorce and all that accompanies all of that. <laughs> you also, I, I saw that you also sometimes call yourself Torah, a female bull. <laughs> yes, yeah, thank you. Yes, yes, that is my nickname. Uh, Toro is means you know bull in Spanish, so Tora is the female version. Yeah. Of that, um, yes, I'm Latina, and my grandpa gave me that name at like six months old, and it stuck. There's like 24 oh. grandchildren, and I'm the only one that ended up with that name. And it's what it's true what they say: what you believe, you become. Yeah, yeah, no, I do believe that, and I think like Torah means. Um, tiger in japanese so that, really? there's another one yeah <laughs> oh that's a new one thank you for that <laughs> for sure for sure so uh, your book is uh, alienation uh when parents won't parent and uh, uh it's based on a personal experience that uh, you've had and uh we can, we can talk about this as well and you're also the founder of the stephood uh project so again Let's talk about that too. Whichever one you want to talk first, your book or your project or both at the same time. So, um, well, the book is called Alienated When Parents Won't Parent. And uh, that was my first book and the hardest book I've ever had to write because what's included in the book is what goes on for kids that no one really hears about, which is alienation, right? Mm -hmm parental alienation and that's also why I founded the stephood project was to bring awareness on what goes on for kids and parents when there's alienation because we've normalized uh being a kid from divorce as I thought this was all normal I thought it was normal to have parents that uh you know didn't really get along and thought it was normal growing up not liking one parent or preferring the other and when you unravel the layers and what's included in my book is basically what was used to brainwash me as a little kid um, from the time I was like seven. And uh, my stepmom, I was alienated for your audience. I was alienated from both my parents by my stepmom. And it's unusual, but it's also written in my book. It's, uh, you know, several psychologists have validated it. Um, this is the first ever in history where a child actually grows up to prove what happened and that's because my stepmom the alienator uh well she wrote everything down and I remembered where she kept it and so that's right off the bat for your listeners or if you've got parents that have been alienated that's um a that's a female narcissist it's a female malignant narcissist and it's it's very it's a hard read but it's very important because it really shows what goes into our mind also goes into our bodies. 
Yeah, and when when you're growing up, you trust the caregivers as as, oh, as, yeah. as a child, and and you you think as as you say, you think it's perfectly normal. Every family is that way, and so on. Until when you go out to the world and you realize, well, there 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 are other types of families. They do other things. It's not normal necessarily, right. and and that that can come as a shock, but then also it's revealing. Because then you realize, oh, okay, there's another way of seeing things, another way of, of living your life, and mm-hmm. also of, of learning from those mistakes and not repeating them when you become a parent, right? So I think right. this, is, this is very crucial on, on many different levels, whether you are, you have suffered through this, or again, making sure that we don't fall into that trap. Right, exactly. That's exactly what I did was when you're growing up, you remember what you felt like as a kid. You remember not feeling happy or being upset. And when it's this type of trauma we're talking about, uh, it, it sticks to you because it, it almost, it'll either break you or make you, right? Because we don't know. So it's important to have these conversations. And I did everything opposite that was done for me with my son. My son now is 30. And yeah, he, yeah, I co I, I did everything off of not wanting my son to feel what I couldn't explain. Yeah. And I didn't even find, I didn't even really accept that I had been alienated in the way that I was until I was 44 years old, mm-hmm. which yeah. is like, now I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the fives now. So it takes a long time to, to kind of put it together because there's not enough information and, you know, nobody would want to believe that this would really happen. And that's why it's so important. It's like, no, this happened every four seconds in the United States alone. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's that kind of like, I think it's also partly the, the age, because I find like midlife, when you get to that, there's certain questions you ask yourself and you go through things again and you go through your childhood and you realize yeah. some things were off and a similar thing where you, uh, you have perhaps a mother who's uh, painting the, your father as a bad person. And that is actually not true. And you, you probably went along for it for many years until one day you say, wait, uh, I have to doubt things. And it's, it's tough though, because we, we say, okay, don't, don't trust necessarily what your teacher says, what this person says, your friends say, but when it's at home, you expect that base to be safe and, uh, and so on. So it makes it so much harder to, to deal with it, to accept it, but so much more necessary as well. It's your yeah. essence comes from there. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So the first seven years were like really crucial. And then the rest was like, on, you know, it's cautionary about my childhood. Mm-hmm. But, but we are not what, like you hear a lot of things that, you know, childhood is, you know, it's very damaging. Yes. But it doesn't have to define us once we realize, okay, wait, because without that awareness, we can't make those course corrections. And I was always curious. I was always trying to find out, but it's not like my, you know, even my own parents, everyone, it was like, it took 40 years for this to come full circle. So you imagine a kid always just frustrated and like, just always just angry about the divorce or whatever it was. And it wasn't that it was that I was alienated and I didn't know, I couldn't explain it. And now that I can, it's like, yeah, this is uh, preventable. And it's a, and I'm a parent, I, you know, I, I know it's hard to raise a kid. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't imagine 
parents who love their kids would not want to put them through this because it, it does it yeah there were many times I was always trying to figure it out and it's not like they say hey you know you're really sad because maybe you didn't get to grieve your parents divorce something happened and so going back to you know it took 40 years it wasn't till like I grew up and said mom dad I knew it this is what happened and my parents they could no longer like you know, point the finger, right? Because that's what parents do. It's your mom, it's your dad, it's your stepdad, exactly. it's your stepmom. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it was oh, all. It's you. Through. It's even worse when they blame it on you, right? Um, yes. And you don't know what you don't know. And and that's the thing, though. And I think a lot of uh, people just go along and they have these issues with partners and in the relationships and so on. And they don't really look as solve the childhood issues that they had. And that's why they repeat it. And it's, uh, that was a great realization for me. It's the, the unconscious and how we follow those patterns and we keep doing them until we bring them out and we deal with them. And so it's like we have people who run from one relationship to another, from one divorce to another. And it's like, well, we take a break and just take a look at yourself, solve the issue. And then most likely you will not go through um, unneeded and unnecessary suffering once you deal with that i know and you just you don't you don't know even even as you said i'm like yep those are the band-aid relationships and sometimes they can be good you know mm -hmm. as i was married for a good 20 years and that was stability that was the most that i ever had stability while i was raising my son and married and i didn't really want to uncover my childhood like why would i want to go there that hurts i'm here now yeah, with my right. son and i want to be present <laughs> and then you know you get older it's like the body then starts knocking that knocking on your door and it like it forces you to go wait what's yeah. that pain wait what so it's all in my book uh, as I share like a lot even all the patterns I gained from you know trying to figure trying to survive because we we tend to as kids we either they're called negative love patterns and we either rebel adopt um our parents patterns Mm -hmm. And I was a rebel. When you rebel, it sounds great, mm -hmm. but you actually get more patterns because mm -hmm. you're rebelling from mom and dad and stepmom and stepdad. And in order to, to feel safe, you, you know, I, I would never be able to sit still at a, at a dinner table because I couldn't stand hearing uh, the dishes clank or the food chopping. It would like, it would like chalk on a uh, what do you yeah. call it? chop on a chalkboard you know like those like feelings and everyone would look at me like what is wrong with her and I couldn't explain like somebody hijacked my parents from me and this is really uncomfortable because we're innocent we don't know and that's what's so hard is even as adults you can have adult children walking around and going well they're 40 now they should be over it when it's childhood trauma negative experiences shape our brains right mm -hmm. but so do, so do positive experiences as adults so you can't stay there for long because you'll just reinforce those pathways so it's it's a um it was a very uh oh it was a lifelong awakening mm -hmm. and it took what it took yeah yeah. And, and when you're living through it, it was a nightmare. And, uh, but once you revisit it, you basically, yeah. I find, again, I talk about my own experiences, but you, you release it. 
And then it's not a nightmare, it's just like a memory that is not attached with all the, the charge and emotions and then the emotions, negativity. Yes. But it's yes. I, kind of like I see it and uh, I, I hope that that, that, uh, uh, that rings a bell for you too, or it makes sense. I see it as kind of with curiosity in a way of like, this is interesting, right? I mean, it's it's horrible. I'm not dimensioning it anyway, right, but it's right. like, it's like a story. You watch a movie and you say, well, this happened to me, but the emotional like connection with it is not as strong. It doesn't bring you down. Right. Right? You can right. objectively distance yourself from it, which yes. is a great thing. Uh, yes. If you have solved those emotions, though, right? You're not right. deluding yourself, right? So that, that right. would be then uh, not good. Right, right. right. Yeah, no, that's that's where um, you learn to, uh, and that's a lot of healing. You have to go through <laughs> a lot of the different um, different things that, you know, I had to learn to, to, to relearn how to re-regulate your nervous system and, and know, like, oh, wait, that's, that's my inner child. That's my inner kid. And before you can even address, because they say like, well, what's inner child he healing? I'm like, well, that's a big part of it. But before you can even address your inner child, you, you kind of have to know what happened and what, you know, what caused it and where, you know, where did this behavior come from before you can even address that inner child? Cause you won't even understand it's all awareness. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah, and it's a, it's a uh, neuroplasticity, and that's that's again important because yeah. mm -hmm. we we do get stuck in some ways, but we don't have to remain stuck. And I think right. that's what 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 people sometimes think when they have traumatic experience, which is horrendous and awful. Yeah. But yeah. you don't have to stay there. There are ways of dealing with it, and our brain is trying to help us to get us out of there, yes. right? And it's actually the helping. Body our is like frozen. Yes. Yes. The, the panic attack is telling you, hey, you oh, know, God, there's something to, to worry about. <laughs> you, ever have, yep, you ever have a panic attack and in the middle of a panic attack, you're thinking, yeah. am I being dramatic? Because it feels like, you know, you're like yeah. trying yeah. to like and just breathe. And like, why are people telling me to just breathe? Because when you breathe, you're, yeah. letting, and all, you're letting all the blood flow back to your yeah. brain and it, it helps. It's all these survival skills that we all have. And if we look at it with curiosity instead of fear and like, oh, my God, that's so horrible as it is, it allows space to go, wait a minute. Trauma is part of life. It's not. It's really uncomfortable. It really is. But if we can get to a place because you can't turn on the news or anywhere and not see that people aren't suffering. Yeah. Now it's everywhere. Yeah. Right. So we can like somehow say, OK. Yeah, we are all human. We all have these just, you know, crazy big subconscious that is so hard to work with because, you know, everything that we go through is kind of put in that, is it the unconscious uh, part yeah. of our brain? Absolutely. Right. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. like like yeah. a pressure cooker that kind of keeps building. And that's why people are on the edge. And that's why like little things throw you off or you rebel it's against triggered. everything. And sometimes yeah. sometimes I wonder it's like, well, what is the person rebelling against? There's nothing there, you know? And right. it's like you're rebelling against broccoli. It's like, but why? <laughs> so it's right. it's like, you know, that that kind of like small things uh, take you off, right? And that's because you are really close to to exploding. And but we, once we deal with that, it goes down so many uh, notches and you just go, yeah, well, it's traffic. OK, so what? And uh, I'm waiting for a delivery that's not happening for my television. And 
was supposed to come today and they didn't. And I was like, well, okay, that's not the end of the world. You know, there, there are worse right. things that can happen. So you, you have more calmness. But I do see walking around, a lot of people are tense. And because I think we had our shared suffering with the pandemic, and I don't think we're still okay from that, but we right. realized that everyone is suffering wherever you are. This connected us in a way. Because it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. That is one of the connections. Yeah. Suffering is a connection. And it's, yes, because we all cry the same tears. You can tell when people are mad in one country or the other. You know, we all have um, the same needs. We all have a need to connect. And suffering and trauma and anger and anxiety, all these things kind of come in between being able to connect and that's what's sad and heartbreaking is a lot of people, even myself, going through what I went through and having to feel. Because you, in order to heal, you have to feel. Yes, you do. And it's like, oh, God. There's no shortcut, you know, right? There are no there pills. No, shortcuts. <laughs> no, and that's the hardest thing is, damn it, there's no shortcuts. And I can look back and go, God, there was a reason why all that had to happen. Because there's no shortcuts to healing. It's like kind of like I say it's like having um it's like a full-time sport the more you do it the better you get at it exactly yeah it's just it can be it can be really really um you got to be really careful because you got to watch your energy too because you don't want to spread yourself thin and you can you can't really help anybody until you've kind of gone through it yourself in a way because it is very um trying to tell a parent you know don't worry about your kid. It's like, they're going to worry. Oh, yeah. and so, you know, I think if anything, what would have helped me is knowing um, what I was going through was a natural biological uh, response to the amount of trauma that I was going through. Because <laughs> otherwise, when we're not given this information then we hold on to shame now we're triggered then we're angry then we're shamed Mm -hmm. and then people that's the the number one reason why there's we we cling to drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. because it's numbing and frankly i i can understand that desperation Mm -hmm. and it's just about making space and going okay let's pull back the layers here you're human you didn't know now you know now you can make a conscious decision where do you want your life to go from here i think it really starts also with with acceptance and a kind of a, a radical kind of acceptance okay so this is what happened to me you know really like accepting it, it it's not like uh, it's not like you you know it's, it's just seeing it just acknowledging it i think that's it right and you're not saying that they're off the hook or anything right you can you can still have blame there right for they're responsible for it as well but this happened to me, but a lot of people don't do that. And that's the first step I think that's missing. You don't acknowledge it. And, you know, and that's the, when you talk about the truth, facing the whole truth. And there's certain parts we don't like, maybe about some things we did or some ways we reacted mm-hmm. and so on, but it is part of the whole thing. And we have to acknowledge that too, without the, the blame of putting us down, but saying like, right. okay. We need to deal yeah. with this. And we need to be honest, like completely honest, yeah. right? Uh, what are some of the good things that I've done? And what are the, some things that are our mistakes in retrospect and uh, that I'm going to fix in, in many ways? And you can. We really can't fix a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. Um, I think one of the hardest things for me to let go of, because 
when you're alienated 40 years, you hold on to a lot of anger, right? There was a lot of justified anger towards my parents, my, the the person that, that wrote that, that did what she did to me. And once I realized, and I had to learn it, it was that, you know, we can't survive without anger or anxiety. We can't, we wouldn't, that's like from caveman days. We, that, that's what makes us human. However, if we remain angry, then we're still in victim mode. Yes. Yeah. And that was such a hard, long lesson because you don't really, you don't want to give up that anger. And it's not like it it feels powerful because you're angry, but that's not power. That, That power is actually keeping you away from your awakening. And it's such a hard, I mean, you want to talk about resistance and it's all normal. It's, it's normal. If you're angry and you're like, I don't want to give up that anger because that's the, that's the brain trying to survive. It's like, yeah. you're not there anymore. And that's when the body and the brain kind of get confused. And that's when, that's how you recalibrate. Yeah. I, I, I love what you're saying. I mean, I, I see that the tiger come out too, but, uh, <laughs> the Japanese version of you. That, so that, I mean, that's definitely it. And uh, yes, but it's not helping you. And that's the thing. It might help you at the moment when you have, you right. think you have control over others or you yeah. just like uh, control the situation, right? right? But no, it lingers with you and it's not helpful. And it's it's really important to, to try to let go of it, like from, from deep within, not superficially. Right. No. Yeah. And and I, I used, um, I work, I have a really good somatic and neuroplasticity therapist. So mm-hmm. we used ketamine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we used ketamine and I did that about maybe three years ago now. And that was really effective, but you still have to work at it. Like they, it's still, it's a tool. It's not a, a forever button, right? There is no forever button. You, you just get good at it. Kind of like you get good at pain bills. The older you get, the further away you get from that pain. That's when I'm like, I don't have a problem getting older. <laughs> Yeah. No, oh, it's actually it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, I think one theory I have when we're younger, our immune system is stronger, and so is our defense system. So there's a lot right. of things that we just brush off. It's like, oh, this is no big deal. I can do this. It's like, oh, right. it's minor trauma. That's one. But then once we get older, it because it weakens, and then we get like surprised or attacked yes. by that, and we're not expecting yep. it. So it comes as a complete surprise. Right, I know exactly. It's like, what is going Amber. on? Is this old age? Like, no, no, it's just unresolved trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's large. Yeah, yeah. It's and interesting hope- you. you- you mentioned brainwash because that my, my previous podcast was about that. How, uh, again, that it's used, it's used in terms of like uh, uh, propaganda and government and throughout history and the Cold War and so on. But it's, it's also amazing how that can happen within the smaller units like your family and that there yeah. is some going. You don't need to go to a cult. The family becomes the cult, right? basically. I know, I know. And that's even weird. It's like, wait a minute. Like, I didn't, it doesn't feel like a cult because... I think of a cult as, you know, like the David Koresh back, you know, yeah. when people would drink the Kool-Aid and it's like, but I get, I can understand when you, when you read my book and you see like just how uh, the parent in me is, even the, the former alienated kid in me is like, Jesus, that was a lot. But the parent in me is like, oh my God, like, this is, this is bad. This is really, really bad. And, you know, thank God now they have you know, kids now have a lot more access 
where I, we didn't, you know, I didn't know what a trigger was. I just responded. Now they know what being triggered is or what panic attacks are (laughs) in our day, you know, and maybe in one sense it was good because you just kind of endure it where it's really scary when you're enduring something and you know what's happening. And that's what I felt as an adult was like, Oh Jesus, this is what it's like for the kids. Now this isn't okay. This is BS. The kids, they have a right to grow up whole and none of us are growing up whole if we don't stop and reassess and redefine being parents, being present parents and why we need to be present parents to help our kids navigate this crazy chaotic world because those, our parents are, the, they're our attachment. They're our, our reason. They're the one reason how we survive. That's just our nature. That's biologically imprinted in us. And so and that's we're still why dependent we can, on them as, as, as uh, animals why. are not in the sense yes. that we are, we need them to survive like yes. For, yes. for years, right? We're dependent on. Right. And, and, you know, we know this as parents, but you know, if there was just that one book, what to expect when you're expecting, but it never said anything about, okay, your attachment, your kids are going to come out the gate with a need, with a biological need to survive and they need their parents present and when we go through childhood trauma that's anything that overwhelms the body or brain right just and the kid automatically whether they're two months old five 13 when a parent isn't there to help them express their emotions what's coming up for them those emotions as kids we just ignore or suppress and that's why now we have so many adults that are like this close to losing it because probably what happened to me in some area, what happened to other people around around the world is by default, by accident, out of love. This is why it's called negative love patterns. There's a saying. It's um, everyone's to blame, but no one's at fault, Mm. right? Because it is also, um, because no matter what, you don't ever want to hate your parents. We don't want to hate our parents. And some of us are kind of raised to. And even if we don't have the best parents, it still hurts because we miss that parent we wish we would have had. Mm-hmm. So it's just important that parents get re-educated on the importance that's, yeah, that's exactly of raising your yeah. kids. Yeah. Even if you have to get divorced, do and I say this, if you have to get divorced, get divorced, but you don't divorce your kids' foundation. Even if you have to fake it, you fake it because that your kids need to know that when I mean fake it, I mean, you fake the sense that, look, maybe mom, maybe I don't love your mom anymore. I don't love your dad, but I certainly care about your best interest. And I love yeah. you. Communication, right? Being, being, being open to them. And I think being honest, not as, but it depends on the age, of course, but also try to be as, as, as honest as you can. Uh, and right. often they will understand and they will appreciate it so much more when when you are. And that's the thing, the relationship you have with your child will always be the same. You can't divorce yourself from, but from uh, right. spouses, you can, and you have other spouses, but you can't have other children. It's like, you know, that's your right. child. It's it's a lifelong commitment. And uh, yeah, it, and, it and that's it. And, and even beyond that. So it's I think that that bond exists and it's it's really important to to also make them understand or try to make them understand like where you're coming from i think that 
open communication too. Instead of playing the the the, the tough parent, it's like, yeah, I got this. I got everything under control. Which right. I find nowadays people are very sensitive about parenting. And even on my podcast, if I mention like a minor criticism, I already get attacked by people who educate people about parenting. So I'm thinking, you know, really? you, you got to be careful with that. And it's not about blaming. It's about you know, being trying to help others. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing I could say to any parent, like, look, even though my son is 30, I have learned more from my child in the sense because you love your kid unconditionally. Like I, maybe because I was, you know, he was my escape in the sense, like I just wanted to get out, you know, like, so I, and once I held him, I was like, I, I have to give him a good start. And I gave everything in the sense of like, I wanted to be present and I never, it was never about me, never about me. Uh, and now looking back, I'm like, good God, uh, that's what you do. You, even though I, I divorced his dad and, you know, we co-parented even to this day, my son's well-being trumps any emotional feeling that I feel like, oh, my son's growing up or, oh, he didn't call me and tell me that something, whatever, you know, parents just, <laughs> we just, we, we can't help it. We love our kids so much, but we'll love them and we can push them away, but not giving them their space and allowing them to be who they are. I'm curious what uh, inspired you to write the book? What was the kind of like event or insight that you had that made you uh, like decide to, to, to write a book about your experiences and also maybe by extension, the, the, the uh, step project that you started as well, the, the website and so on. So what was the impetus there or motivation? Um, I think it was always there. I just, I, okay. I was always trying to write it. It just, yeah. I had to go through a lot of stuff to, to felt like the wizard of Oz sometimes, you know, just mm -hmm. trying to go through it. But my motivation was that, um, because I didn't, because I know that what, what's happening, what happened to me is still happening to kids now. Mm -hmm. And nobody will listen to the kids because they think that they're brainwashed or they think that the kids don't know anything. And when in fact, you know, unless you're just locked up in a room, kids can see like, okay, they can see on TV, they've got friends, they know what's, what's going on. Um, and I, I wanted just to, to stop, to stop the, um, because it's just getting worse right now. I think we are number one in the United States in single uh, parent homes. You've got moms and dads groups fighting against each other. Um, you've got family court in the middle and just greed and everyone says they're here for the kids, but no one's really doing anything about it. I agree with That's why I started. This and and I, I think because they don't have advocates so much, like because you, you have women and you have feminism and uh, that you have these groups and so on. But who is really speaking for the kids? And they're, they're often too young to be able to do that. So yes. I don't think they get enough uh, attention, especially. And so it's the focus is mostly on the parents, right, in, in many cases. Especially kids from divorce and stepkids yeah. because they're marginalized, right? Like right off the bat, like, okay, why is being a kid from a divorce as a, why is that a considered a traumatic life event? Because it's on the ACE scores. 
which is the um for your audience the aces is that grades our trauma right so it there's a there's a sheet on there and you answer like eight questions and one of them is if your parents got divorced you get a point for that but why they don't tell us why so i'm like i'll tell you why it's because when our parents divorce we lose that foundation unless our parents co-parent and do their best to protect that and when they don't it, it it's just a it can feel like a lot of down and uphill battles and it's it's not okay so there's never been to my understanding there's never been anyone um able to say hey we need support for stepkids and kids from divorce like yesterday it's 2023 and it, now you have step parents who feel entitled they feel entitled they're going and they're adopting kids in the courts and it's like how is that even possible so there's so much it's it, it's almost insane the, the biggest reason why also i wrote that book was because i could because my alienator the malignant narcissist whatever you want to call them the bad person well left evidence so what could I do? I can't go back in time. It took 40 years. So let's just turn it into something good. So I took that evidence to help educate everyone on this is what goes on. This is what the kids can't say right now. And it explains patterns to parent patterns to my patterns and, you know, all the things that I kind of went through and, and what abandonment feels like at different ages so all this stuff that is just so important so that parents can be equipped with, okay, this is what not to do. Exactly, exactly. And uh, we don't have manuals for like how to be a good parent, but I think we should also take a look at exactly what you're saying, what not to do, what to be careful about. So we don't fall in that. We're not telling people uh, how to proceed, but what right. not to do from experience. And I love it that you also like you're sharing that. So a lot of people can, uh, it resonates with them, but also others who can also watch out for like warning signs and uh, things to yeah. avoid and pitfalls that are there. And I think that's really necessary in terms of educating here the parents. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, it's, it takes a village and I know parents would never want to put their kids on, in, in harm's way. They love their kids. You know, they do it out of love. They protect out of love. And sometimes their ways of doing it are really opposite of what they're trying to do. But it's also we're we're not perfect and we're learning on the job, right? Because they, right, again, yes. there's no training for that, and and right. every child is different, right? So you might like your advice might work for you, but not for my child, and so on. So it's really right. important to 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 find the right rhythm and to be open and to to switch gears or change paths. And I listen a lot to my to my son, and most of the time the criticism he has is actually correct. And I might yeah. say, "No, you're wrong." I'm the dad. It's like, wait a minute. When I think about it honestly, I was like. Yeah, he's, he's right about this and this, right? And, uh -huh. and really being open uh -huh. to that and not dismissing them because of their lack of experience or lack of experience or their age and so on. They have something to tell us. They have something to to teach us. So it's yeah. it's it's a mutual relationship. It's not yes. top down. Oh, they will reflect back. Like if you yeah. get mad at your kid, like sometimes, you know, every once in a while, my son will come back at me and I'll be like, ooh. And I'm thinking, oof, where did he learn that from? I'm like, oof, he does it so well. Yeah. <laughs> they're just the better versions and so it's it's like is this hurting my ego is mm. this you know yeah you really gotta 
it, it is a um like I I, I say it, it like there's a happy there's there's happy meals with your kids and then there's happy hours right so now I'm in that happy hour phase you know so I get to, you know, he's 30 so I can have drinks with them we can you know hang out and it's it's just it's a different type of relationship and um but it's so special still because there's so much to look forward to still it doesn't just end at 18 yeah. that's that's just when you get to rest a little bit yeah 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 no wonderful yeah wonderful discussion here so uh, uh you are the founder of the step Group project lisa and uh you Torah, which i like in both senses here of the world word and uh alienation or alienated when parents won't parent that's uh, your book and uh thank you so much for being on rashes world for sharing your experience for being honest for for again talking about also the difficult uh, feelings and stuff because that's necessary right it's there and we have to deal with them but there's always hope once we do that we take that step there's a lot of reward there's a lot of joy that comes out there's a lot of sensitivity that suffering brings out and i think that's really important that's what uh, what life is about being uh, being alive uh, and experiencing yeah. those emotions yes thank you so well much said. Thank yeah, you. Thank you so much. Best of luck.